Hey friends, thanks for checking out this message from Believer's Chapel today. We hope that God speaks to you in a personal, powerful way. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the Word of God with us. You know, I just want to thank you guys so much for your generosity and giving. It's because of that that we're able to give to so many different organizations like Love 146, who uh, is commissioned and called to help stop and child sex slavery. And um, we are very passionate about that topic. I am very passionate about that topic. And um, we are doing what we can in our part. And as you know, God has called this church to tithe on our tithe. And this is one of the organizations that we support. And when you give, uh, whether it's to missions or your tithe, part of that goes towards this organization. And we have many other organizations that we support as well that you'll see more about in the future. So thank you for your faithfulness in giving. I also want to thank um, Mike Gabriel and Verna for filling in for me for the last two weeks. Can you guys just give it up? Verna's right here. Mike's in the, up there in the bleacher section. Uh, we're just so blessed for the talent and the gifts of God that are in this house. There's so many amazing people uh, here that God has just gifted uh, this body with that do great things and continue to help push the vision of God forward in this place. And I'm so grateful for those two that preached God's word the last couple of weeks. And for all of, you, all of you that are involved in so many different ways, thank you for uh, pushing and pushing. So I want to get into this message. You know, we've been talking about why church, and uh, I'm going to kind of talk about an aspect within the church that is so important. In fact, this message, I believe, there's just a few messages that I would say are probably the most life transformational messages that I could preach. And this, the one that I'm going to get into today, is one of them. And so if you'll take heed, if you'll listen to this message and listen to the hardest message, what the scripture is saying about this, that it could really radically change your life. I was uh, privileged to grow up in a Christian home. Privileged to be raised by parents that loved Jesus. They were not by any means perfect. I remember them fighting. <laughs> I remember every time they fought, my mom would go buy my dad a pot because he liked to do pottery and plant things and it would make him happy. <laughs> we had a lot of pots in our house. <laughs> yeah, that she's mastered, right? Yeah. But they loved Jesus. They loved us. By no means were they perfect. But they taught some key principles in my life that changed the trajectory of my life forever, even as a young child. I was so privileged to be able to know some of the most important things that a person could know in their lifetime, even at a young age. At age four or five, I came to the realization that I needed a savior, that I was a sinner and I couldn't help it. And I needed help from that. Is anybody thankful for Jesus to be their savior? There's nothing more important that we could talk about than Jesus and how he rescued us all from sin and from ourselves. And, and I'm so grateful for our savior, Jesus Christ. And uh, got to know him at a young age. And then maybe at seven or eight, um, my parents talked about me, about making Jesus not just my savior, but to say Jesus is my Lord. In other words, I don't just use Jesus. I serve Jesus. That Jesus is Lord of my life. Rich is no longer Lord of his life. And I learned that at a very young age, at age probably eight or so, and I got baptized, and that's what baptism represents, that I'm not living for myself anymore, I'm not living for the world anymore, I'm not living for, I belong to Jesus, and he belongs to me. And we have this relationship that I started at a young age, and, uh, you know, really, then maybe at age 16, God really called me to himself. 
called me to be set apart, to be in ministry and to be, uh, and I remember that calling in that gym. You guys heard the story before. And I just remember all these different times that I learned these different things from my parents at a young age and from the Bible at a young age, uh, from church at a young age. And I was able to learn salvation, that Jesus is Lord, the, 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 the amazing power and principles within these scriptures that help guide our lives and keep us from heartache, keep us from going down wrong paths, and help us to live the life that we were called to live. A couple of those other, other things, principles that were taught by my parents and by the scriptures was submitting to authority. Another one was giving. Now, we're here in this place today at Believer's Chapel on a Sunday morning, and you guys have all come to this place to come into this house of worship, to come to give your time, and to give your worship like we just did to Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing? This is why we come here. Some may come for other reasons, maybe to see other people or to have fellowship, and those are good reasons too. Some may come to receive from the Lord and to hear the message from the Lord, and that's good reasons too. But when the temple was first set up, it was a place to bring sacrifice to the Lord. To bring worship to the Lord. To say, God, you are worth more than anything else. And I'm going to set apart this time in my life. This Sunday, we do it Sunday morning here. Sunday morning is set apart time to worship you and to give to you my time and my love, my adoration. Because he's worth it, isn't he? And didn't you just come this morning to give God your adoration and to worship him in this place, right? But I want to talk to you about another type of giving. And that is financial giving today. And I want you to bear with me. And hear me out, because I believe that this message will change the trajectory of your life if you get this concept. And I'll throw out a disclaimer. If you don't believe this, if after you hear me today, you say, no, that's garbage. All the church wants our money. This, don't, ever, don't ever give. Don't ever tithe. But I would be a bad pastor to you and a bad leader if I did not talk about the whole of scriptures. And the scriptures talk a lot about money. A lot about money. And I don't speak about it much. We purposely don't talk about even tithing very much. When we do our services, we don't every single week even talk about, hey, make sure you give on the things or give online. or We don't pass buckets. But today, I would be a bad pastor if I did not share with you the whole of scriptures when it comes to giving. And you, I'm convinced that if you will listen to this message today, that it will change your life. In fact, you need to learn how to be generous in your giving. And it's not for my benefit or necessarily just for this church's benefit or to even God's benefit. He doesn't need you. <laughs> this is for your benefit that I'm going to speak this message today because it will bless your life if you'll learn this principle that I was privileged to learn at a young age. At 12 years old, I got my first job. I became a paper boy for the Post Standard newspaper, Syracuse News Post Standard. And that was the morning, remember back then there was no internet. This is in the 80s. And there's no internet, so everybody got their news from the newspaper. And they had a morning paper, the Post Standard, which I worked for, and the Herald Journal, which was the afternoon paper. They had two papers every day that would come and be delivered. I was the morning paper boy, the early morning, before school paper boy, that got up at five in the morning Got my papers, a stack of them, had my paper stack around, right? 
and walked door to door for the people that subscribed and headed it into their doors every morning. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, skip Saturday, and then deliver again. A big one on Sunday. Anybody get those papers? Anybody remember? Right? Well, I was the one of the boys that delivered those papers. And I remember, you know, collecting. I had to go door to door to collect money uh, every, I don't know how often, every week or every so often. Because they didn't give online. There was no online back then. And so people had to give, they had to actually give the paper boy money, and some people would be really late, and if they were really late, I wouldn't get any money, and, you know, that's why I'd have to go and get, collect money, and they'd give me tips, and all that money, I'd be so, oh, it was so awesome. At 12 years old, I've got this money, especially during Christmas time. People would tip really big. I remember getting $20 tips at Christmas time. I was like, what? You know, as a 12-year-old, 13-year-old boy, he's like, this is awesome, back in the 80s. I can buy a lot of candy with $20, <laughs> you know? I was so excited, but one of the principles that I learned at 12, 13 years old was that God deserves the first of all of us. He deserves the first of our time. He deserves the first of our thinking, our prayer life. He deserves the first of our finances. And that if we will bless God with the first of our time, of our worship, the first of our money, that God will take it, use it for his glory, but also... Keep watch over our finances and bless us because of it. I learned that at 12, 13 years, years old. And so I remember collecting my money, see how much did I make, and then 10%, what is that? I just take the decimal place over one and, you know, just give to, give to the church, give to Jesus. And I remember doing that on my paper route. And then when I was 14 or 15, I got a job at Wegmans. Give it up for Wegmans in this place, right? The best grocery store. And I became, a, I pushed carts. Even in the snow, I pushed carts. You know, I remember even as a paper, and paper out delivering in the snow. And my dad one time, sometimes would help me when it was really cold and snowy. And I remember my dad passed away now, but he would leave um, messages in the snow where he knew I was going to walk. He said, I love you, buddy, and stuff like that. It was awesome. Right? My dad was the best. And um, uh, uh, then I worked at McDonald's. And then, uh, then I became, got into ministry and became a... Um, youth pastor, as a part-time pastor, but also worked another job, the whole time knowing the principle of giving and giving and giving and giving my first 10% to God, my first of my time, the first of my money, the first of everything, that if we do that, God will bless us. And so I remember a time when I got into a, a bind, into a bad place. <clears throat> I was working this full-time job at a place called Body Masters, 50, 60 hours a week, working part-time as a youth pastor. I had a baby, Carly, she's here, she's not a baby anymore, 22 now, and um, we were pregnant for our second daughter, Gracie, and I was, I was in school, I was doing these two jobs, I was in school to try to better myself, and I remember saying, I don't have any time to be with my family, and I remember going to the Lord one time and saying, God, look, <laughs> I want to just say that it's okay to have conversations with God. And even if they're hard conversations. Now, I remember this conversation as if it was yesterday, even though it was 21 years ago. And I remember saying to God, it's like, God, I can't keep living like this. I'm working this job. And I'm working as a youth pastor, which is a, a lot of work. And I can't keep, and I have kids, and I'm in school. I can't keep doing all this. And so either I have to quit ministry, which I believe you called me for, or you're going to have to do something else. You're going to have to provide for me in a different way. And I was ready to like have to give up ministry. And I said, but 
God, you ha- I have been faithful in tithing. I've been faithful in keeping you first. And because of that, you said in your scriptures that when we tithe, that you will open up the floodgates of heaven and pour so much onto us that we can't even contain it. And I said, that's not the case <laughs> right now. This is not happening for me right now. In fact, I'm working these two jobs. I'm strung out, and I'm not going to lose my time with my family. So I'm going to quit ministry unless you do something about it. It wasn't a week later that my pastor called me and didn't know this conversation I had with God, unless God told him, and offered me a position as a full-time youth pastor that was making more than I was working with both jobs combined. And I was able to quit that full-time job to be able to be in this little church that was maybe 150 people at the time and be a full-time pastor. God came through. But I don't believe God, I believe God came through. There's a lot of times in scriptures that it says, if we do this, then I will do this. There's promises all through the scripture. If you do these things, I will do these things. There's a contingency. There is a part that we have to play in this role. It's not, I don't have to do anything, and God will still do his part. We have a role to play in this thing called life and in Christianity. If you believe in the name of the Lord, then you'll be saved. It's not you'll just be saved no matter what. You have to believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. It's not just given to anybody that doesn't believe. You have to do something. If you believe, then you will receive. If you give, if you put me first in your finances, then I will pour out. Do you see what I'm saying here? If you are faithful in what God called you to do, then. Now, I'll just, uh, there's a couple more disclaimers here. I, I just want to, from the time I was 12 until now I'm 48, I don't remember ever a time of saying, oh, I've got so much money, I can just give tithe plus more. Has, any, has anybody, maybe there's a few people in this place, there probably is, but for the most part, most of us are never in the place of like, wow, I don't even know what to do with all this money. How, you know, and so giving and tithing is a choice that says, I trust God in giving more than I, tr- in his principle, in his words, more than I trust taking matters into my own hand and doing it my way. And you make a conscious decision that I'm going to trust God in his scriptures more than I trust myself in the way that I do things and more that the world, do, these do things. And you could say, well, I don't need a tithe or God loves me either way. That's true. God will, look, you don't have to tithe to go to heaven. All right, this is a good disclaimer, right? Isn't it? Aren't you thankful? You don't have to give anything to come to this church. That's great. You can still come and hear this amazing preaching, even though it's stepping on your toes right now. You can listen to uh, Bernie uh, lead us in worship in the presence of God. And you don't have to ever give anything. I promise you, we're not, we don't check people's tithe. We don't, like, call them and say, hey, you're not tithing. We don't, we're not going to do those things. But I'm going to tell you something, that you need to tithe you need to give more than God needs your tithe. You need to give more than we need, the church needs it. You need to give, and I'm going to prove it to you in for, five, for five things here, why you need to give. Number one, here's re- one number, reason number one of why you should give. You ready? Who, who believes in this scripture right here? The Bible talks about giving hundreds of times. Hundreds. It's in 
Numbers, it's in Leviticus, it's in Malachi, it's in Habakkuk, it's in Psalms, it's in Proverbs, it's all through the New Testament. Jesus talks about it a ton. Let me just share a few of the things with you, okay? You ready? All right, wrong, wrong notes. Malachi 3.10, bring the whole tithe in the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. This is God speaking through Malachi. And see, I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will be not enough room to store it. So God is saying in, in Malachi, and by the way, he says this again in the book of Psalms, that if you bring the first fruits, the first 10%, that's what tithe means, the first 10% to him, that he will open up the floodgates of heaven and pour so much blessing on you. Now, let's just look at who else does this in the Bible. Who gives in the Bible? Is it the devil that gives? Is it the enemies that give? Who gives? Who's the biggest giver of them all? God, right? God gives life when he created us. He created Adam and Eve. He breathes life into them. He gives us life. He breathes life. He, he brings destiny. He brings purpose into our life. He gives destiny. He gives purpose. He gives provision. He gives um, dreams. He gives healing. He gives um, um, the greatest gift of all time, his son, Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, right? God gives, gives, gives. He continues to give. He gives to you right now. He's giving you a word to listen to so that you'll take heed so that you can learn and grow from it. He gives you the scriptures so that you can learn and grow and, and grow, uh, continue to mature from it, right? He continues to prod you by the Holy Spirit. He gives you the Holy Spirit. He continues to provide for you. He continues to heal you. He heals your physical body. He heals your inside heart. He continues to give all the time. You can't stop giving. He just gives again and again and again, and he wants to give more. And here, he's saying in, Mal in, in Malachi that he wants to even open the floodgates in heaven. If you'll just do this one thing, then it frees God up to do even more. God says to give, to tithe. Jesus, and I love when people say to me, well, that's in the Old Testament, Pastor Rich. <laughs> I love when they open that door because let's talk then about the New Testament. Because in the New Testament, it doesn't say just give 10%. How much does it say to give? Everything. So if you want to use that, go ahead. I love when people say, hey, you know, they're, they just don't understand, like, Theology yet, between the Old Testament, New Testament theology. All right, let's go there. Let's just look at it. Jesus says to the young rich ruler, hey, what I, the guy says, what must I do to, go into, to make it to heaven? He says, you must obey God, obey God, obey commit. I've done all those things. And then Jesus says, give how much? All you have to the poor. I want you, this rich guy, I want you to give everything you have. The guy's like, oh, no, I can't do that. In Matthew 6, 24, Jesus says, no one can serve two masters. He will love one and despise the other. You can't serve both God and money. This is Jesus. And Jesus in Luke says, whoever can be trusted with very little can be trusted with very much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. In other words, Jesus is saying, if you start tithing when you're working at a paper boy, and then you tithe when you're working at Wegmans, and then you're tithing at McDonald's, and you're tithing at as an uh, uh, employee at uh, Body Masters, and then you're tithing as a youth pastor, and you're tithing as a pastor, you're going to probably continue tithing because you get the principle. 
and you're going to be honest with it. But if you're dishonest with little, when you're not making much, you're probably going to, because a lot of people say, well, if I only made more money, then I'd start giving. And God, Jesus is saying, no, that's not the case. Give where you are now. Because if you're not giving now, you're not going to give when you make more money. You think it's easier for people that make more money to tithe? The more money that I've made in my life, the harder it is to tithe because you're like, that's a lot of money. I got to give all that. <laughs> I could do a lot of things with that. <clears throat> so Jesus takes another level. In, in Luke 6.38, Jesus says, Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured onto your lap. For the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Now Jesus is trying to get to this point. Jesus knows that when we choose to give our lives to him, our lives will be the most blessed. i got to say this again. Listen to me. Jesus knows that when we choose to give our complete lives to him in all things, our lives will be the most blessed there. Whenever we try to hoard our decisions, our will, um, our future, our money, our time, when we try to do it in our earthly, God's hands are off. And he can't bless it. We have control. But when we open it up and say, God, I will do what you want me to do with my finances. I'll do what you want me to do with my time. I'll do what you want. Then God can take it, use it, shake it together, press it down, and pour it back onto our lap running over. That's what the scripture says. That's what Jesus says. Richard Baxter says, give all you have for the cause. If a Christian is not willing to give up anything, he is no Christian at all. Jesus asked this rich young ruler to give. He asks us to not just tithe, but to be willing to give everything. That's New Testament theology. <laughs> Do you regret me talking about New Testament Jesus theology? Jesus requests us to be willing to give everything. I remember a couple of times in my life when I was uh, 18, 17, I'd graduated from high school and, uh, you know, at graduation parties, you know, you have a graduation party because you get lots of money. That's really the only real reason to have a graduation party. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. But you get, you know, you get graduation money. And so I had, you know, like over $1,000 back. This was 91 I graduated. And so uh, I remember the next year we moved to Louisiana. And I was at this church. And this is the church that I would do my internship at. And I just heard them talk about this internship. And I was like, that's what I want to do. That's what God's called me to do. And, and they had taken the offering. And for whatever reason, I had all this money in my pocket just carrying it around. <laughs> And um, I just felt God say, I want you to give everything. I want you to give your life. I want you to give everything. And so uh, I said, I'm going to give everything. And I gave all of that money too. I didn't necessarily want to, but I said, God, I'm going to trust you with my heart, with my life, and with my money too. And I gave it all the way to God. I'm not saying this to pat myself on the back. I'm saying that if we want God to use us, if we want God to really bless us, we have to be willing to give up everything. Now, God hasn't called me to do that, well, maybe one other time. But he has called me at different times to give up other things. Like, we did a 21-day fast just a while ago, and we gave up, my wife and I gave up social media and television. And we really haven't taken much of it back on. We've watched a couple movies since then, but, like, it's been freeing. And, like, there, God has much more. And when we give things to God and are willing to give him everything of our life, he's able to bless it with better things. And so 
Jesus is asking us not to just tithe, but to be willing to give up everything. So if you want to know why you should give, it's because Jesus says so. That's number one. Now, that might not be good enough for you, so I'm going to give four other reasons that are equally as good. Number two. Now, the second reason that you should give is because you are investing into the greatest thing that you could ever do with your finances. Matthew 6, 19 says it like this. Jesus says this. Again, Jesus speaking. He says, do not store up riches for yourselves here on earth where moths and rust destroy and robbers break in and steal. Instead, store up riches for yourself in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and robbers cannot break in and steal. Jesus is saying that we need to have our eyes on a bigger picture. That when we give to his kingdom, to his work, to the ministry, to church, to causes like we've, we've, we're showing you on, on these screens, to, to these different things, that we are actually storing up treasures for ourselves. We're investing into the kingdom of God, which is going to invest treasures in return for us in heaven. Here, you can invest into 401ks, you can invest into the stock market, you can invest into um, NFTs and all kind of, you know, you can do all that. But your return is money that you cannot bring to heaven with you. And you have a short-minded uh, viewpoint if you think that's what life is about. Life is much bigger than that and eternity is a lot longer than that. And so our investment should look in the bigger picture that if we really want to invest rights with our finances and invest... Um, to get the best yield for our return, we should invest into the kingdom of God. We should pour our hearts, our time, and our finances into the things of God. Because that is going to do some good stuff here on earth and return for us treasures in heaven. That's what, that's what Jesus says, by the way. This is Jesus' word speaking. Now, you, we all invest into a lot of things. We, <laughs> some of you on the way here invested in Starbucks or into some coffee, or whatever. Some of you, you invest into your children. And I'm not saying that you should not invest in these things. Please don't get me wrong. I'm not saying not to, uh, to plan for retirement. I'm not saying not to do those things. What I'm saying is that your first priority should be investing into the kingdom of God. That you should do it first with it, because that's where, in fact, Richard Baxter says this again. He says, if you believe God to be the greatest purse bearer, in other words, God can handle money better than anybody else, and he's the best provider, and that to expend in his service is the greatest usury, usury meaning the greatest return, show him that you believe it. This is what he says. I thought, I don't know if we have this on the screen. No, I guess not. I'm going to say it again then. So if you believe God to be the greatest purse bearer and that to expand in his service is the greatest usury, show him that you believe it. If, in other words, if investing in the kingdom of God, if Jesus is really the most important thing, and that pouring money into his kingdom and into uh, that is the greatest return for investment, then prove it. Don't just say it. Invest in it. Pour into it. And if you don't feel like, well, I can't do that. I don't trust uh, this church. I don't, I don't trust, you know, people. I don't, then, then find a place where you can. And if you want to see, look, we're an open book here. If you want to come to our business meeting, the, we'll, we will share with you our finances. We'll show you where the, every penny goes if you want to know. If you're an owner here, we, we can set meetings. Mark is uh, our, our CFO. <laughs> he is awesome. And he, he, we've nailed this budget down to every dime. And if you want to know what we're spending money on here, you can come and see behind the scenes if you're an owner, if you belong here. 
Jesus says to invest into his kingdom. That's number two. Number three, this is my favorite and probably, I, I want to say the most important of them, but I can't really say that because Jesus was the first one, right? So, um, but I think this is just such a big key. The third reason why you should give is because God covers, protects, and supports us when we do our part. There is a supernatural covering around people that God places when they're obedient to his word. And not so with those that aren't. Remember how I said, if you do this, then? There is stipulations here. On, with salvation, it's a free gift, yes. We don't have to do anything to receive salvation except believe. So that is something, isn't it? We have to believe in order to receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior. But with a lot of other principles in the Bible, the Bible tells us and asks us, if you do these things, then I will do this. And so when we do this, God, one of the promises is that he'll protect us, he'll watch out for us, he'll cause our, our fruits to increase, he'll cause our barns to overflow, he'll cause our, our fruit presses to produce much wine. This is the scriptures I'm talking about. This is God's word. And so uh, just like other principles, like a couple of weeks ago I talked about why church, and if you didn't listen to that, please go back online and listen to it because I think it's vital to this body, why we do church. If you're under the protection uh, and obedient to God's church and you get undercover, there's a protection there. When you start tithing, there's a protection there. There's a protection over finances. When you, when you submit to the authority, even at your workplace, that, with people you don't even agree with, there is a protection there. I didn't get a lot of amens on this, but I'm telling you, this is the most important, I think, out of the five points, that if we will get this, it's to our own good, that when we do these things, that God protects us and watches out for us. When we submit to God in this way, he's responsible for our provision. We're no longer responsible. It's a heavy burden to carry to provide for a family to make sure you get through life. But when you're obedient to God's word and you're giving like you're supposed to, like his word asks us to, and, and have the heart to do that like he asks us to, then it, the providing part is off of your hands. You can now have those conversations with God and say, God, you told me that if I do this, you'll come through. And he is faithful every single time. I can tell you story after story after story. And actually, I'm going to tell you a couple more in just a sec. Well, actually, I'll tell you one right now. So <laughs> uh, about 10 years ago, I was in a bad place. Um, some, uh, because some decisions I made, some decisions that others placed upon me. And I was basically going to have to either, um, well, I was basically going to have to go bankrupt or a miracle was going to have to happen. Now, I remember praying this prayer to God and saying again, God, I've made some bad choices. Others have placed some bad things on me, and now I'm in this predicament. And I may have to go file for bankruptcy, and, if, um, and I don't want to. I don't think it's right. I don't think it's what you want. But I have no other choice unless I can come up with this amount of cash by a certain date that was put on me. And so... I went to the bank because back then we still didn't have much online giving. And I was at the bank and somebody had found out about this situation, met me at this bank and handed me 
what he said was his interest that he had earned, that God had told me, told him to give to me when he found out about my situation, and he didn't know how much money I needed, but it was the exact amount of money I needed to make sure I didn't have to go bankrupt. Yeah. In a paper bag full of cash. And I was at the bank. And I was like, deposited it and paid it off and did not have to go bankrupt. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I know people that are very close to me that have, got, have gone bankrupt and God has rescued them out at, even after that. So I'm not speaking down on bankruptcy. I'm just saying what happened to me in that, in that situation. Jesus, when we give, is covering our finances. He's providing for us. Number four, the reason why we give is to be part of a greater purpose than ever. The local church, right? Why do we do church? Why? Because we're better together. We can do more together. When we come to, together, it's like I said a few weeks ago, we become like Ultron or Megazord or the trans Power Rangers, right? That, you know, that we come together and we can do more together. When we come together with our gifts, when we come together with our finances, we can do more as a church, right? We are called as a church to give in missions. We give to the World of Love 146. We give to missions in India, to Sri Lanka. We're starting churches in Sri Lanka through a pastor there by giving Uganda Water Project, the rescue mission with homeless. Uh, we're going to give and take an offering today for U world missions to help Ukraine relief for the people that are having to scatter. We as a church can give more and help more and be more powerful when we, when we invest into the local church. Um, when you invest into the local church, um, we are able to minister. We're able to have this building to have services. We're able to have ministers to care for people, to love people, to lead us into worship. Uh, to do all these things, to do the 13039 project, which we're getting the gospel out to everybody in this community. And that's going to grow and keep going forward and push out Jesus to people. To do things like the Fall Festival, to get the community to come in. We want to build a community center here. When you give to the, um, to the local church, you're being a part of something that's bigger than yourself. Something that you can do, you can do more, we can do more together than separately. And number five, the reasons why you need to give, why God's called us to give, probably everybody else's favorite one now, is God said that he will bless us. God loves blessing his people. He is a giver. And when you give and you give, God says that he will pour out so much. Given it will be given unto you. There's scripture that says you will not die. If you're faithful with a little, I'll make you rule over much. In Proverbs 3, honor the Lord with your first fruits of all your produce, uh, produce, then your barns will be filled in plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. God wants to bless us. He wants to give us more. And when we uh, decide to honor God with our first fruits, the first of what we make by giving, then he is able to take that and expound upon it and cause us to be blessed and bless us in ways that you can't even imagine. I'm going to ask one of our elders to come up. He's going to share a testimony about this. And then we'll close it out after that. Uh, Jeff, can you guys give it up for Jeff uh, Shokat as he comes? <laughs> Jeff has been serving and giving of his time and I believe his finances too. I hope so. Because <laughs> otherwise I just shouldn't be up here speaking about it. You've been tithing, Jeff? <laughs> I'm not asking. I'm thinking about it. Yeah, okay. No, I know he has been. But um, he's one of our elders here. And... Um, uh, he's going to share just how God has blessed him. Before I, before I give my testimony, I wanted to just, I, I was over there sitting down and I, I wanted to Google it. The number I heard years ago was somewhere in the neighborhood of 20%, only 20% of the church ties. 
So I Googled it, and if you Google it, you'll see the same thing. I said, what percent of, of churchgoers tithe? And it's 5%. 5%. So the reason, only reason I bring that up is not to discourage you, is to tell you that that 95% is missing out on those blessings that Pastor Rich just talked about. So don't rob yourself of those blessings that God says that he will provide by, by wrestling with it. When I first, before I started uh, tithing, I, was in, I didn't come to know the Lord like Pastor Rich did when he was little. I came when I was in my mid-20s. And I remember growing up, I would go to church, and my, my father always gave, right? But in the church we were in, they didn't talk about tithing, per se, at least I don't remember them talking about it. So to me, when we were kids, we'd throw a buck or two into the offering, and it was like, you know, we were doing our part type of thing. But when I came to know the Lord, then I started to learn in small groups, which today we call crews, I started learning about tithing. I had never been taught that. So I appreciate Pastor Rich taking the time to teach about tithing. And there was a period when I wrestled with it in my head, okay? And I think a lot of new Christians will do that. I wrestled with, should I give this much? Should I give this? Well, I'll start here, and then I'll make my way up to the 10%. But there comes a point where you just say, forget it. I'm going to just do what God says and be done with it. And I want to tell you real quickly my testimony of after I started doing that, right, God continued to provide. I had a job at one company where I was there for 21 years, and God continued to provide for me during those 21 years. Then after 21 years, I lost my job. And so I was still continued to believe in God's blessings. And I even gave a testimony when I was doing upwards of how I wasn't worried. I knew God was going to provide. Within a month, God had provided another job. It wasn't making as much as I was before, it was, it was probably a third of what I was making. But then God also gave me the, the inspiration, I would say, to start, I, I was, if many of you may know, I was starting to sell flowers. I, grew, I bought, put up a greenhouse. I started to sell flowers. And I even named my business First Fruits Enterprises because I wanted to recognize that whatever came out of that was going to be, I was going to give my 10% to God. So, Subsequently, I ended up getting, I, worked, I was with that company for about two and a half years. I got, I got contacted by one of my former colleagues, and I got a, another job for, for another company back to where I was making what I was making at the, at the first job. Had that for about three years, got laid off again, once again, only one month out of work. I'm not trying to brag, because I know some people struggle, have been out of work for a while, and they've been struggling, right? So... But I'm just trying to show you where I believe God was faithful in providing. The job I currently have, which is that job, I've been there five years. It's the less str least stressful job I've had. All the stress that was heaped on me in those other jobs is gone. And this year, I just finished my, and I'm not, once again, I'm not trying to brag, I've had my best year ever. I'm in sales. So God provided, even during this, this time of pandemic and all of that, God continued to provide, and he continued to heap the blessing on us. And, you know, I just want to say one of the things that I do always is almost on a daily basis, whenever something good happens, I automatically try to recognize and thank God for the blessing. And I encourage you to do that. So many people will look and see the 
something bad happens, oh, it always happens to me. No, no, no. You need to look, start to look for the blessing because when you look for the blessing, you're going to recognize it all over the place. So I want to thank Rick, Pastor Rich for giving me the time to, to share that, but um, I'd encourage you all to, to challenge the Lord by tithing. Thank you, Jeff. That was a really good testimony. So the last reason of why we give was Jesus loves blessing his people. So we have the opportunity to be a part of the blessings of God when we start to give. And I want to challenge you today um, to start. And maybe you can't, you're, you're here today, you're like, I can, there's no way that I can give 10%. So start somewhere. Start at one. Start at uh, just giving something. Give to some good cause. Um, I wanted to share this last testimony, and we'll close. So as a church, a couple years ago, we decided as an elder team to start tithing as a church. Now, some people will say, well, why would you tithe? You're a non-for-profit. You, um, you're already giving. You, everybody in the church is giving. You know, why would you tithe the tithe? And we just felt like this was what was the principle that we believed in. And so this last year, 2021, was the first year that we, it took us a few years to get up to 10%, but this last year, 2021, was the first year that we gave as a church actually 10.5% of all that came into this church. So, so this year, when we were trying to uh, get our budget together for 2022, we have that 10% in there, and we have, you know, with all these missions and things that we're giving to, um, that's where that 10% is going. And... We also have staff, and we have this building to take care of, and all this thing. And we had a really hard time now that we can only, we have to operate now kind of on 90%, because it's not like our tithe from the church has gone up. It's been pretty consistent over the last few years. But that means we've had to sacrifice as a staff, as a church, to let, okay, we can't do some of these other things because we're giving now 10% to the Lord, and we've had to cut some different things. And so it's been kind of challenging healthy but challenging for us and we were in a meeting uh myself and mark and todd and dave wildrick a couple of trustees to try to really find we still can't quite get there we can't make this balance this budget balance and we were just off by a, you know like uh like i don't know it wasn't a lot it was like uh 25th of our budget but it's still like we got to get this together we've got to find it we couldn't find any other place to cut and so finally we we're just like <laughs> We've got, we were kind of upset, you know, kind of, you know, like, what is going on? And so we find like, wait, we did decide that we're going to depend on the Lord. And so we decided, you know, we're not going to cut anything else. We can't cut anything else because we believe we need all, everything else to move forward with the callings that God has for us. And, and so uh, we just, we just trust in the Lord. And, and then that next weekend, every weekend, we take in, obviously, tithes. And this particular weekend, after we decided this, we brought in probably a tenth of our whole year budget in one offering. It was by far, it was the, it was the biggest offering. I've been seeing the offerings for 10 years as executive pastor, now lead pastor. It was the biggest offering that I'd ever seen by more than double in one weekend. And I believe with all my heart that it's because when you honor God, with your first fruits, that God will take care of you, his people, and God will take care of his church. So 
it, 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 this applies to families and to individuals. It applies to churches. It applies to businesses. That when we, we honor God with our first fruits, that he will breathe on it, that he will bless it, that he will cover it and watch out for it, that he'll help us to be a part of something greater and we're being obedient to him. And so I want to encourage you, we have um, journals that um, Beth, Pastor Bethany and Kaysen put together. Uh, they're on, this says tithe, trusting God in giving. Uh, I want to encourage you to take one before you leave. Go through this for the next seven days. It's a seven-day journal. The scriptures for each day on giving, what the Bible says about giving. And then there's a place in the back where it talks about testimonies. And I want you to start writing down that when you start giving, maybe you're here and you already give. And God's call, maybe calling you now to give you a little bit more to missions or to whatever. Or maybe you're not, you're not consistent in your tithing, but God's calling you to do that. Or maybe you, ha you don't tithe and you don't give at all. And God's calling you to start stepping it up just a little, even if it's just a little bit. We had to do that as a church. We couldn't go from 0% to 10% in a year. It took us a few years to get there. So maybe God's calling you just to start. And there's a place in the back to, to, to write down testimonies. And start writing down testimonies of what God does not just this week, but like even what Jeff said, it took a few years until, wow, now he's stress-free and making more his biggest year and best year ever. And it took us a few years as a church to get to the place where it's like, wow, God is breathing on us. And that's amazing. And so take, but keep notes in a, a testimony, a journal here. Um, we also have, for those of you that may say, I'm in a really bad place financially, we have um, help for that. We have a crew that's called Financial Peace uh, with Dave Ramsey that will help uh, how to handle money better. Maybe you've never been taught how to handle money and you're in a bad place because of it and maybe because you never, your parents never taught you how to handle money. Actually, <laughs> my parents didn't really teach me how, that's one of the principles besides tithing. They taught me how to tithe but they didn't ha handle, tell me how to balance a checkbook. But um, maybe you need help with some of that stuff and there's, there's financial peace for that. Or maybe you just want to call, if you have questions, you can text us at that 444-2100 number, or email us. We'd love to talk to you about this topic and every other topic. And like I said at the beginning, this message is for your benefit. If you don't believe anything that I just said or what the scriptures just said about any of this, I still love you, and you're still welcome here. And you don't ever have to give. But this is for your benefit because I not only believe this, I've I practiced it since I was 12 years old. And now as a church, we're practicing it because I believe in the principles of this word, that when we do what God tells us to do, he blesses us. And not just this matter of giving, but in every matter. So it's on you now to decide what God would have you to do with us. But let me pray for you, okay? God, I thank you so much for your word to us. It is powerful. It's effective. It causes us to have life transformation, to grow, to develop. And God, I pray even for this, this message on giving. God, I believe this is something that you would have us to do because you want to bless us more than we are already blessed. God, I pray that people in this place would start to open that door for blessings by being obedient to what you've called them to do. God, help us to be generous in our giving like you're generous. God, we come up against the spirit of hoarding, of fear that would cause us to say, oh, I can't, I, I've got to protect. God, I pray that we would trust instead in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
God bless you guys. Thanks again for checking out this message from Believer's Chapel. You know, the Bible says in Romans 10, 13, that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And it's our hope that you will make today that day to call upon the name of the Lord and to give your life to him. If you'd like to speak to a pastor, please take out your phone, text 315-444-2100, and somebody from our team will be in touch with you. Also, if you're making the decision to follow Jesus from the first time today, text the word Jesus to that number, 315-444-2100, and we would love to celebrate with you. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.